What is up, everybody? This is week 16, episode 16 of DWC. Um, got three more weeks this week and two more weeks left in the regular season. But then it's going to be playoffs. We will be doing our power rankings near the end of the season. Um, so they'll basically give you guys our playoff picture. Uh, hopefully it's all settled out um, by the end of the week so we can kind of figure out what's going on um as i say in the pre previous episodes season three will be on camera uh so you guys can see our beautiful faces as we do what we do and make our talking points and yap it up but a lot of the games uh last week were blowouts some people got fucking shut out or um they were just boring as hell so we're not going to make um, content out of nothing. And we just got three games for this week. <laughs> so go ahead and go ahead and take it away for three yeah. noteworthy games. Unfortunately, for Bo's sake, we have two teams that he despises in the three games here. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the first game that played on Saturday. It was actually the first NFL game of the weekend. It was Minnesota at Cincinnati. And Cincinnati was down the majority of this game and ended up winning in overtime with a field goal, 27 to 24. I mean, come on. Me and you were both watching this. You and I were watching this, and we were clearly rooting for Minnesota. If you don't know, yeah. I'm a Browns fan. He's a Steelers fan. You know, nothing's worse. Nothing can ruin your day more than watching a team completely fold when it matters most, when it can help your team in the long run. Like it's it's like one step below your team actually losing during the week, and yeah. that, this is how the game felt. It was just deflating. Luckily, I got the Steelers game next at, after this one, and the Steelers got blown out. But I mean, for Bo, it was all bad on Saturday. Yeah. So literally, this game before like the end of it was just boring as fuck, right? Like. Nobody is moving, and then the Vikings started scoring. I was like, oh, this game's over. Vikings handled this, um, and they're going to win by, like, six points or more. It's over. And then the Bengals just slowly started coming back. And what is, you know, what is, what has happened to us, right? What has happened to the game we love? Where we thought the Vikings had this in the bag with Nick Mullins. That's also true. <laughs> it, it, it didn't even shoot. I don't know about you, but it didn't even go in my head that this is Nick Mullins playing football. Like, I was just like, oh, this is just a Vikings quarterback. And they're, they're winning the game. And the Bengals fucking came back. Um, game time touchdown. T. Higgins. Caught the ball. It was like a jump ball. Surprise, surprise. T. Higgins caught the jump ball. Caught on like the two-yard line. Looked back and stretched the ball out to the end zone. Yeah, that was crazy. Passed the pylon and scored. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, my grandpa was going on a rant about that. Like, he hates that you can score like that. He wants you to be able to cross the, the goal line <laughs> to score. And I mean, in this instance, he has a point. This man caught him two line, two yard line, and T. Higgins is six five, and just stretched the ball out. I was wondering what the hell the other DB was doing. 
He like, stopped. He thought it was he getting stopped intercepted. Moving. Yeah. And I was like, bruh, like, this man is 6'5". I would have came in and laid the wood on T. Higgins. I think he actually might have gotten to the ball if he just kept running. The thing, like, you can't, as a DB, you can't stop attacking the football when it's in the air. Because what the fuck are the receivers going to do? Yeah. They're also, their whole job is to attack the point of the ball. So I just, I don't know. I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> I really thought, and like you said, what happened to the game we love with Nick Mullins, he looked god-awful at moments. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what is this? But I really thought they had it on the second-to-last drive of the game or the third-to-last drive. Or whenever the Vikings had it, second-to-last. And they went down the field. They ran it, ran it, ran it, just right down the Bengals' throats. Scored a touchdown, went back up seven. I was like, okay, everything was – the momentum is back on the Vikings' side, and somehow Jake Browning pulled their asses from the grave and scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. I was like, okay. Bengals are not an easy out right now. Their defense is playing a little bit better. Jake Browning's obviously playing well. Yeah, that's what that's what pisses me off about, like, those kind of instances – on teams that score that can score like that in a quarter because it's not like I, I forget who I was talking to in our group chat but I was like bro like it's not it ain't make it take it they yeah. get the other team gets the ball back so the fact that the Bengals scored multiple times in a quarter and I mean a quarter's like a quarter's 15 minutes but still like that shit can get eaten up if you are getting first downs and running the clock out and the Bengals were able to hold on and get the score literally at halftime and then going to the third quarter, I was like, oh, the Bengals, they're going to be defeated. It's over. Um, Nick Mullins, like, he's going to get the dub. And little did I know, bro, it was just two packs of ass coming from the Vikings. It's just... It's so it's weird that you can go in to the half like up or someone that's in the half like up two scores or something and at the end of the game you just lose. Like where did y'all just go in the locker room just bowling, just chilling, music playing, sleeping or something? So good good second half adjustments by the Bengals. Um they're still in the playoff hunt. Uh, it's a it's a weird season. A lot usually, if your backup's playing, you shut it down. But a lot of these teams are still in the hunt, um, still acting like they want to win games and get into the playoffs. Yeah, both these teams currently sit in the playoffs right now. So it was actually a big game, even though it was Jake Browning and Nick Mullins playing. Yeah. Oh, it's a funny year for sure in the NFL, is it not? <laughs> All right, let's go to the second game. My favorite game of the weekend, the Lord. Browns. The Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns squeaked by on a last-second field goal, 20-17. to 17. Well, not quite last second, but 30 seconds left in the game. How do we keep doing it, Bo? How do we keep doing it? I don't know, bro. You guys are the luckiest team ever. Yeah. <laughs> First time I'm hearing that in my 26-year fandom here for the Browns. You know what? I think it's kind of funny that one lucky year for my team and everyone thinks we're the luckiest team of all time. 
it just shows me how much hate there is for the Browns and their fan base and the team all around. I mean, is it not warranted? I mean, it's definitely warranted. The fans are <laughs> To me, what's not warranted, in my opinion, is the national media. But I completely get why other fan bases hate us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The media makes no sense to me because, like, what the fuck have the Browns done for the media to just hate us? That that part I don't get. Um. Well, this game was honestly a fucking snooze fest on the offensive side of the ball until the fourth quarter. Even the Bears were up seventeen to seven. Well, it was it was seven to seven at halftime. So take that as you will. Both defenses have been top uh, 10, I think, in EPA the last, like, six to seven weeks. So a lot of people expected it was going to be a low-scoring game. The rain and weather played a factor, which Cleveland's weather is always bad. Um, and then it ended up being 17-7 to at one point in the third quarter because Flacco threw his – he threw a pick six the first drive of the second half. And then he threw his third interception after a muff pump from the Bears. Just two god-awful throws by Flacco. And at this point, when he threw that third pick deep in the Bears' territory, when Njoku was wide open, I about shut the TV off. Because, my God, it looked like it was over. We had 12 yards in 11 plays in the third quarter. Just think about that. We had a yard of play. For 12 straight plays. Which is God fucking awful. And then all of a sudden, it was it was Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco in the fourth quarter. I don't even know what to do at this point. Because he's making throws I have never seen in my life in a Cleveland Browns uniform. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, it was... This game was just like, if I could... Sum up this game in a word, meme. This game was just a meme. <laughs> like, the fact that Flacco, <laughs> Flacco was just like, he was either dotting it up or he was just throwing to the other team. There was no in between. Yeah, there really wasn't. <laughs> it was he, he just like, there were just no easy passes. It was either like, oh my God. And then the next play, oh my God. <laughs> And starting off the second half, throwing a pick six, fucking hilarious. But the fact that the Bears didn't capitalize, I mean, Justin Justin Fields threw one pick. I'm not saying he threw two picks because that other one was a Hail Mary. We'll get into that a little bit. But Flacco threw three picks, one pick six. And the Bears were not able to capitalize on this. And honestly, if I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of all the leagues. I mean, all the leagues, all the teams, but definitely Jim Schwartz should be in like coordinator of the year talks with the amount of injuries and attrition that he has in this defense. And they're still playing lights out. I one mean, of the easy, easily one of the best coordinator hires from a team in the last decade. Like he's completely 
turned it around from uh, how uh, Joe Woods. Joe Woods, how Joe Woods had this defense. I mean, God, that shit makes me sick. It was it was crazy. If Joe Woods was still in this on this team, they would be getting cooked. But <clears throat> yeah, the Browns. The Browns are. There's always a team. Um, each year. And it won't, you know, it won't be the Browns next year. It'll be another team. There's always a team that will just get these one. Um, what are those called? Close to these close wins. You know, you'll look at the at the stat sheet. You'll look at the box score, and it's always someone just squeaks out a close win. Um, I'm gonna shout out. It's the only shout out that the Browns will get from me. Besides the Jim Schwartz shit, it's the only shout out the Browns will get. Get for me. Shout out trading a pick and getting a kicker. Because for all the kicking issues that the Browns have had, Dustin Hopkins, knock on wood, Dustin Hopkins has been elite for this team. And it's not even them. This is this is how in the mud Browns fans were. It's not even kicking, you know, 52 yarders, 54 yarders. It's making the 35 yarders. It's making the 39 yarders yeah. that had them on the edge of their seats to see if they were going to just someone was going to shank it. Like Dustin mm-hmm. Hopkins has just been money. I ain't going to lie. I still, I know a lot of Browns fans at this point in the season have like stopped holding their breath on important kicks. It's the PTSD. Stuff. Yeah, I'm still holding my breath. <laughs> It's funny yeah. because Dustin Hopkins, the only issues he's had has been uh, – it's been PATs. It hasn't been field goals at all, which is interesting. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the – I don't know what the fuck. Like, that – I know we weren't – we didn't watch it together, but I can only imagine your face when it looked like Darnell Mooney was going to come down with that Hail Mary. Like, that shit was crazy getting batted to him. I'm surprised he didn't come down with that. Like, it literally just fell in his hands. He probably, like, it was just such a shock that he was just bouncing it around. Like, I thought he was just yeah. going to fall down with it. I was at a bar with my dad, and we were just sitting there like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a crazy end to the game. Um, A few points I want to make about the Browns is, yeah, they keep winning games. Flacco looks decent. Flacco, this is the thing about Flacco, and I forget who said this, but Flacco plays a very volatile game, and he always has. He either looks like the best guy on the field or he looks like the worst. And for three quarters, we got a QB that looked like he shouldn't even be on a football team. (laughs) But in the fourth quarter, we got a guy that threw for the most passing yards in a quarter all season for us. So and two touchdowns and a comeback win from 10 points. So I don't I don't really know what to make of it. I do think we still have a chance to win games with Flacco at QB. I think Stefanski trusts him. But like I said, it's going to be up and down mm-hmm. until the end of the year. It's just how Flacco plays. Um, I want to shout out the man, David Njoku, who is coming into his own. The man is one of the best tight ends in football, and he's finally showing it. And he's finally getting the volume to prove that he is worth every bit of that contract two years ago. Yeah, he was. This was definitely a David and Joku party. People were literally all over Twitter, like, "Bro, who is this man?" And all he all he needed was just consistent QB play. 
and yep he's you know he for as huge as he is he just moves like a gazelle you you it's like the uh he has the uh jamar chase syndrome nobody you can't someone will always miss the first tackle he always breaks the first tackle and um i i can only imagine how hard it is to tackle him it's different than like trying to tackle like a Derrick Henry or um, like a Michael Pittman, someone who's super tall but skinny. Like uh, Njoku is just all the way, just like huge all the way. Yeah, he is a massive human being. So, I mean, he falls forward like four yards every time he catches the football. Um, And then obviously the fucking – the last shout out our defense and Cam Mitchell specifically. There was a fourth and one late in the third quarter. Where, by the way, DJ Moore was wide open if Justin Fields would have just looked up. But Justin Fields took off to the sideline and Cam Mitchell got him by the shoelaces and tackled him short. Yeah, and right out the break, Flacco hits Marquise Goodwin deep and we get back into the game. But oh my god, that defense. Is something mean at home. And I'm telling you all right now, I'm telling you right now, we have a chance to go to the AFC Championship if we play through our home field in the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we have a legitimate shot at doing that and then to get blown out in the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think if we have to play the. All right, sorry, I just finally got the news that LJ McCray did sign with Florida. So shout out that it's National Signing Day when we're recording this. But <laughs> God, I've been I needed that one. Yeah, um, what was I saying? Yeah, I don't think we want that rematch with the 49ers. They're probably going to be pissed off after, especially all the shit that we talked after that game. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, shout out the Browns. We're nine and five. We have three games left on the schedule. I need those twelve wins. Twelve wins with Joe Flacco, baby. I want to see the Ravens in the playoffs. That's who I want. Come see me. You better stop asking for all these fucking big name teams. You better go ahead and get yourself a fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I'm, well, I think I think the Ravens will ultimately probably get the one seed. So Jaguars first, then the Ravens. What's up? <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's go to the next game. The final game, which we thought was interesting. Everything else was pretty rough to watch around the league. The Eagles at the Seahawks. The Seahawks also squeaked by on a last-second touchdown, 20-17, to also while trailing the majority of this game. Is it time yeah. to be concerned about the Eagles? It was weird. Like, we, we, uh, we both fucked up. Reed was busy. I was fucking asleep. So we got the – or I got the, um, the DWC parlay out late. and. I was, you know, scrambling to make picks, and I'm like, why does that say Drew Locke? I wasn't even tapped in at Gino playing again. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? Like, why does it say Drew Locke? And, yeah, it was, it was like the Eagles, you know, kudos to the Seahawks for winning. We both picked the Seahawks. Um, I Sure as hell made my pick thinking Geno Smith was playing. I did not, you know, 
I still would have made my pick if Drew Locke was playing. I still would have picked the Seahawks, but I was way more confident thinking Geno was playing. And, you know, kudos to the Seahawks. It's always hard for it's always hard for an NFL team to win a game regardless of who you play. You know, there's still grown-ass men out there, and you're all fucking smacking into each other. So getting into the end zone is still hard. Um, but the Eagles, to me, were just played The way they played, they were just daring the Seahawks to take the lead. Like, there was no urgency to put up a lead on them. There was no urgency to get the safety net and, you know, be up a touchdown, be up a touchdown and a field goal. Like, it was just a stalemate. And when you have a stalemate and you're only up a certain amount of points, it it is backbreaking to see a touchdown, you know, like that happen at the end when you're clearly supposed to be the better team. I mean, you're vying for a top three spot, if not the number one spot. And here you are. What is this? The third loss in a row? Is This is getting uh, yeah. absolutely disgusting for the Eagles and their offense. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like the Seahawks were like cooking them. Um, I do I do think Kenneth Walker did a great job. Um, he was he was gashing the Philly uh, the Philly run rush defense. Uh, shout out to the Seahawks line. It is definitely not easy trying to block uh, the Philly front four. Yeah, but I do think um, from what you can see and what you can tell. If you can get into the second level, it's sweet. You're getting eight yards a pop, you know, eight, nine yards a pop. Um, I think these linebackers are subpar. Um, you can barely tell that Shaq Leonard's on the field. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know if he's cooked. I don't know if the, the back surgery completely cooked him for the year. Maybe he needs to get healthy and he's back. But, like, it was just it was just bad. And... Hertz did not play MVP level MVP level that we thought he had been playing in the first half of the season. Um, this and I don't know. Are you you know are you blaming? Do you think that this offense took that much of a nosedive because Shane is no longer there, or well, do you think I mean think this Hertz is still hurt. Well, this is this is how I see this situation, and I've seen it numerous times with the Browns. And I hate to say this. Jalen Hurts is versatile. He's more versatile than Baker Mayfield is, obviously. Mm. Not debating that. I would take Jalen Hurts in a heartbeat over Baker. But it's very telling when the guy that coaches you up and gets you to that point leaves all of your all of your mistakes and everything start to pile on, right? Because uh-huh. when Steichen left, I mean, he was an MVP last year, like undeniable. Him and Mahomes were the top two, right? And Allen, like always. Yeah. But like he was there. Minimal mistakes, playing well, seeing the field processing, all of it. When he leaves, I mean, it's like a nosedive. Yeah. So I think that's very telling in a way that I think Steichen may have been the reason that Hertz was getting maximized, and he really is a middle of the pack QB. 
that can run. I think that's what we're starting to see. And I discussed this, what, preseason episode where I said it'll be interesting to see because year two of a high for a QB that a coming out party for a QB is always telling. Will teams adjust to him? Um, will he continue to play that well? Usually they have a little bit of a down year, but having two opposite years like this, I think is a little more telling than just having a little bit less of a year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think this is more concerning for Eagles fans because you did just sign him to a massive contract. I, th I, th I really do believe that Steichen gets the most out of the QBs he puts on the field. And that is exactly why he's the perfect fit for an NFL coach. He's just like Stefanski or Shanahan. Like what would, what would Baker be without Stefanski or what would shit? What would uh, Gardner Minshew be at this point? He's leading an, a playoff team with Steichen right now. And then obviously Purdy is the front runner, of the MVP for Shanahan, but like, what would they be without those guys in their corner? And I think we're starting to see that with Hertz. I don't think the play caller for the Eagles is that great, but there shouldn't be this much of a disconnect between those two and, or play on the field for Hertz. Just because your play caller leaves shouldn't mean that all your, all the like, talent that you had and play just disappears that's not how it works josh mm -hmm. allen's been through like three play callers in the last three years and he's still putting up similar numbers you know what i mean same with mahomes elite players can play with any coach average qbs need to be put in the right system so are you saying hertz is an average qb he might be an average qb obviously it's too early I mean, their team is still 10-4. and four. I know they play in the NFC, but let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that discussion and wait until about next year. Three years. So what is it? This is his third year? Mm -hmm. First year, um, he was okay, right? Yeah. They didn't really throw much with him on the field, but he wasn't bad. He wasn't detrimental to the team, and his legs were a big part of him. Second year MVP race this year, struggling mightily against good defenses. So, I mean, he's had one good year. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's really weird, and honestly, not necessarily pisses me off because in re in totality, I don't really give a fuck. But it's like, bruh, like. Eagles fans are about to jump off the bridge, and I'm like, bruh, y'all are 10 and 4. This is different than my team. My, like, you, like, Steelers fans are ready to jump off the bridge. You guys are doing all this, and you're 10 and 4. Probably gonna, you know, realistically, I mean, you play the Giants twice. Like, bruh, like, you will probably end up with the number two spot, and you guys are tweaking. Like, yeah, you will be fine. What's telling is if you get bounced out in the first round, then there's an issue, right? If you end up playing the Seahawks again with Geno and, you know, Drew Locke played a hell of a game, but I think Geno's better than Drew Locke. Yeah, for sure. He has definitely a better repertoire with his wide receivers. You can tell during the game that Drew Locke, um, 
isn't as seasoned in as Gino. I mean, he was missing passes. Um, couldn't find the like nice sweet spots for Tyler Lockett. Um, the ball to JSN was fucking phenomenal. Beautiful ball. Um, and usually you see those. I think um, JSN is going to have a bigger role next year. Usually yeah. on those you see that being DK. But the fact that they trust the JSN with that shows how much uh, how the development of JSN has been. Um, I still think he out of the group of wide receivers that were drafted, I think he's still in Addison or neck and neck. But I'd, I'd give the nod to JSN just from what I've seen. Um, Addison is really good though. Don't get me wrong, but JSN has been phenomenal for the team. Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of shocked the Seahawks have bounced back because they've been on a skid. So that was yeah. a really big win for their playoff chances. And they had to play Drew Locke, like you said. So, I mean, that was a huge win for them. Shout out the Seahawks. Um, they have been really good offense and defense. Um, I don't have the highest regard, or uh, I don't think Jamal Adams is all that, but they were they were fine without him, um, and uh, Julian Love got both of the picks that hurts through um, and the game saving pick at the end. That shit was yeah. nasty. Um, did you see what uh, what's his name said? What Sirianni said after the game? No, what he, he said. He said that play, that second interception or the game sealing interception. They were trying to get a defensive pass interference on it. That's how we play football now. That's exactly what Twitter is saying. <laughs> the fuck, like, oh what yeah, happened yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Game we love? Like, <laughs> literally, you just needed fifteen yards. I mean, it's not like you have a bum kicking. Like Jake Elliott has been really good for them, so it did boggle my mind that he threw that deep ball. I mean, the middle and everything else was just wide open. It wasn't like you had two seconds left. You could have thrown a nice pass, get some extra yards, and just leave it up to the kicker which their kicker has been very consistent, you know, just, but you know, it is what it is. You take a gamble like that and that's why you lose. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was kind of stupid, but funny at the same time and worth mentioning, I guess, but yeah, I mean, shout out the Seahawks. They got that dub. What were you going to yeah. say? I said, that's literally what they tell you in the huddle. Um, don't, don't do pass interference. Yeah, <laughs> like stay off the receiver. Yeah. Don't let the refs fuck this shit up for you guys. Yeah, I thought that was interesting for sure. Um, path to the playoffs is there for the Seahawks now. They don't play anybody the rest of the schedule. Mm -hmm. Or not anyone that good. I mean, the Cardinals will still be a tough out, but other than that. Damn, then I want to say the Steelers were a tough out. They got you at home. They play best at home, so. I don't know. Changed my mind. The last three weeks have not given me any confidence in you guys at all. All right. Let's go to our headlines. All right, let's start with the weaker segments here first. We'll start with... Let's do Heineke. Heineke is named the starter down the stretch. How do you feel about that? Taylor Heineke, Falcons started the rest of the way. See, this is the roller coaster that is Arthur Smith, bro. Like, it's different than. Uh, also, I'm gonna. Or when when we talk about another 
um, headline. I'm going to sneak this other one in just for just for the memes. But it's different than like, like when I see Robert Sala do something like this. I'm like, clearly this is coming from upper management and you're a puppet. Dead ass. I just think Arthur Smith just be trolling, bro. Like this seems all of this seems from Arthur Smith. It's not like, like I said with the Jets, where it's upper management telling Salah, don't say shit about Zach Wilson. Like, Arthur Smith has just been going back and forth and back and forth. And it's just not QB. It's all positions. Yeah. And for Arthur Blank to come out and say, oh, I didn't, you know, Arthur Smith making the playoffs wasn't my end-all, be-all. Like, he was going to get fired if he didn't make the playoffs. What the hell are, What the hell are we playing these games for, then? You are literally in arguably the weakest division. And not even arguably. You're in the weakest division. I thought it was going to be the AFC South, but they, they sure as hell showed up. So you are playing in the weakest division. can easily take this division. You're still in division uh winning contention i think he just doesn't know what to do and you're and arthur blank is saying if arthur smith didn't make the playoffs it it wasn't a detrimental thing for his coaching here at the falcons like what the what are we doing in atlanta like what what is going on yeah i don't if they don't draft a quarterback or get a veteran. I truly don't know what's going on. And if I'm any of the skill positions, I'm asking for a trade. Because clearly you don't respect my talents. If you're out there, and don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a Bearcat. Love my Bearcats. Desmond Ritter's not it. And guess what? Tyler Heineke's not it either. You have too good of skill positions to be walking out with those quarterbacks. Yeah, I just find it crazy that Arthur Smith is willing to bet his job on Taylor Heineke. Well, I guess it makes more sense than betting his job on Ritter. Because yeah. Heineke's proven he could get to the playoffs. And in this division, anything is possible. So I guess it's not that crazy. But it's weird because, like, to me, these quarterbacks, like Heineke and Ritter, are not the same quarterback. So you would think, in terms of play style, so you would think that they have different plays for different QBs. They run the same shit, regardless of who the quarterback is. It's it's mind boggling. If I have Tyler Taylor, uh, Taylor Taylor Heineke, you know I'm you know pass pro. We're having these guys run fucking fades. Heineke just get it to him because I mean he was successful doing that in Washington, but they literally just run the same plays no matter who the quarterback is. So I honestly I don't I just, know what is going off. I just see the situation as Arthur Smith isn't blatantly saying we're firing him at the end of the season, but I think he is saying we're firing him. So firing that's kind of how I – Arthur Smith. Oh, you mean Arthur Blank said that? Yeah, Arthur Blank said that about Arthur Smith. My bad. Arthur, I mixed yeah. up the two. But, so yeah, I think Arthur Smith is probably going to get fired depending on how the season goes, but I think Blank is pretty much over this situation as a whole. Yeah. Uh, he needs to get fired. We've been saying this – for I don't know how long. We're we're one of two right now. We've been calling for Staley's job. He, <laughs> you know, that will we'll segue that into our next one. Brandon Staley got fired. Yeah, it was but, about damn time. We've been saying this for two yeah. years, 
All yeah. last year we said it. All this year we said it, and it finally fucking happened. I guess losing. Listen, I'm. I've seen a lot of NFL games, and I've never seen a team with a backup QB, not even a backup, just a rookie QB, at that score sixty three points on my team or any other team in this league. Yeah. I wouldn't have just fired him. I would have shot him. <laughs> yeah. He would have needed to fly commercial. There was no shot you're getting on the team playing. Playing, and you could tell the fact the NFL is so funny to interview him at halftime. Like, bruh, like you could see on his face, he knew he was getting fired. Like, there was no doubt in his mind or anybody's mind this man was getting fired. And we live on the we are Eastern time, so. It took us till about 10 a.m. to get the to get the notification. So I'm glad, you know, at 7 a.m. they're like, yo. They probably told him last night and then it broke out, you know, this morning. But let in I was talking earlier how hard, realistically, how hard it is to score in the end zone. You gotta you have to really try to lose to put to have a team put 63 on you. Yeah, two, I mean, two defensive touchdowns. Like, this shit was fucking crazy. I saw Brandon Bolden score yeah. off of a <laughs> wildcat, bro. Like, the Raiders were just doing whatever, and it was just so funny. Like, honestly, this was a long time coming. We all thought he should have gotten fired after the Jaguars debacle. Like, clearly, it was weird how clearly this man should get fired. <laughs> it was just, and I was like, what are the Chargers waiting on, bro? I mean, there's almost been, I mean, he might have been one of the most obvious choices at a fire we've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, it was nasty. Well, him and Hackett. Yeah, up there with Hackett. Um, Matt Rule, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was rough. But then again, like, Matt Rule probably didn't have much say with Tepper. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're cursed if you if anybody takes that Panthers job. Yeah, that's, that's a rough job to have. No one probably wants that. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to... Let's move on to the suspension. I don't want to butcher this name. Demonte Kazi? Uh, oh, the suspension? Demonte Kazi. Demonte Kazi suspended the rest of the season on the hit Saturday night on Michael Pittman. Excessive or not? See, here's my thing, right? I don't know how else, you know, and obviously with our podcast name, you could probably tell that we're pro-defense. I don't know how else you are supposed to defend that. People people look at these plays, and I'm not even talking about Casey. I'm talking about every play that looks like um, unnecessary roughness, that you're just like, that's a football play. We yeah. only see it in replay and slow motion. You're not thinking in real time. Yeah. You wouldn't know unless you played 
and you know i don't want to be like a plain sports elitist but you truly do not know how split second it is until you've played a sport there is no amount of you stopping something once it happens because if you were to stop yourself in that instance you were probably tearing everything in your legs it's the same thing as what pisses me off about qbs that slide super late in defensive players having to jump over them because like that split second it is so hard and to me casey did the best he could because you couldn't even the way that michael Pittman dove you couldn't even say like kz could have dove and tried to knock the ball out with his fist because of the way michael Pittman dove it was a crazy crazy play but this is what and tom brady talked about he doesn't think kz should have been suspended but these are the kind of plays because you know i agree with what tom brady is saying in the sense of these are these are the coaching things in the coaching moments where sometimes you just cannot if you want to protect your players and make sure your players play the rest of the game you cannot make that throw there's just some throws that you know this man is going to get fucked up mm-hmm. if he catches this ball or i can't throw it over the middle because he's going to get fucking demolished like same thing on screens. That's why I hate fucking. That's why we hate screenplays. I'm, I don't. I'm not talking about halfback screens. I'm talking about screen jailbreaks, where clearly this man is going to get fucked up when he catches the ball. Yeah, I side with Tom Brady on the whole argument. I think obviously you can't always make it where the receiver's safe every time you throw the football, and you're gonna miss things. But yeah, I mean, you could probably argue QB play has gone down a little bit. Um, when they say suspended the rest of the year, and I talked to you about this before, I mean, it is three-game suspension, the same as Kareem Jackson. So it just sounds more excessive than it actually is. Now, they probably should have gave him a warning, but at the same time, with Kareem doing this twice already this year, they're probably just done with it. So, yeah. I mean, it's funny, though. Like, I'm not even conditioned to it because when the hit happened and I saw it on Twitter, I didn't think anything of it. I was I was like, oh, he'll probably get fined a lot, but not suspended. But nope, yeah. they shut it down for the year. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's only just, you know, you see that suspended for the season, and a lot of people forget there's only three games left. I think it'd be different if KZ was on the 49ers because clearly you could see the 49ers making it in the playoffs and uh they're the favorite to win the super bowl right now so if you suspended him for the rest of the season that caused an uproar because of all the extra games in the playoffs but it doesn't really seem like the steelers are going to go to the playoffs so it's just three game suspension um i also and you know i'm not even being biased i also disagree with the suspension um i thought it was just going to be a fine i didn't think it was going to be a suspension um but like I said, I mean, uh, I forget who, what uh, analyst said this, but it was like, oh, then I'm just going to tell all my players to dive to catch the ball. Yeah, I Cause remember Because then, then defensive players can't do anything or they're going to get flagged. Um, yeah, it's tough out here for the defense. The NFL is doing everything possible to get 1,000 points up on the board. Yeah, it's nasty. I don't know what 
the defender is supposed to do. Um, to me, KZ just made a football play. Was it a crazy hit? Yes, but I don't. You don't. You know. Well, what would you do? You want him to just catch him and fucking body slam him? Yeah. Or do you want him to fucking knee him in the face? Like I don't know. And he didn't even hit him with his helmet. It's it's different than him just spearing him with his helmet. He hit him with the his back and his shoulder, like. It was just, and I mean, Pittman's probably going to play this week. So it's not like Pittman was pulled out on a stretcher or something. So, yeah, I would have waited. I would have just fined him, if anything. Suspension's not going to do anything. Um, KZ needs to get more tape out, not necessarily for us, but for other teams that may want him. He's only on, you know, we could trade him you know that's just going to hurt his stock because you know nobody wants somebody that's doing all these unnecessary roughness plays but what happened to the game we love uh, stuff like that's going to happen it's like that's going to happen yeah i mean it's inevitable it's fucking football it's a contact sport yeah. so all right let's go to two injury updates shamar chase is out two weeks minimum he had a separated shoulder a week ago and it turned into a what? It was an AC, AC sprain. Yeah, AC sprain. So not quite as severe as what AC joint tear. But mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like he's going to be out about two weeks and maybe come back for that last game against the Browns. Um, yeah, that's a big blow for the Bengals considering they're right in the mix of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what's the other one? The other one I was going to say is uh, C.J. Stroud is still in concussion protocol. We haven't seen a two-week concussion since Tua last year. Is that concerning for the rookie? Yeah, it's kind of weird. With the with the Jamar Chase thing, I think this is uh, necessary. I wouldn't put him out there. Um, it is kind of a lost art in the sense for some receivers, but he's a, he's a physical receiver. Um, and he's not necessarily at the tallest. He's only six foot, um, mm-hmm. but he is a physical receiver. So um, it's definitely better to rest him and make sure that he doesn't get further injured if the Bengals were to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, usually concussions uh, is just like a week, um, but two weeks, he's still in protocol. It's, it is very concerning. Um, Especially late in this season, you can't really. I mean, the Texans just lost to the Panthers, so it could spell the end. It'd be different if there there's different records, but basically everybody in the hunt have the same record or one game up. So this could spell a disaster for the Texans. And um, if he's still in protocol after the game coming up. I don't know if they're going to shut it down or what, especially with the Tua situation. Um, you don't want your top three pick to have to um, put himself out there to get hurt more because, uh, and it's true for, you know, all facets, especially, and I would know because a lot of my players have had it. Once you get one, you're more susceptible to get another. So Yeah, well, I mean, Chase has been out multiple games two seasons, two seasons in a row now. Mm-hmm. Him and Burrow just can't seem to stay healthy throughout the entirety of the year. I don't know if that's concerning for Bengals fans or not. Uh, I know you're talking about Stroud, right? Yeah. Stroud, more or less, 
a two-week concussion is kind of crazy. But yeah. they are taking the right measures, something that the Dolphins did not do last year. Yeah. And they are keeping him out, even if they think it's slight, like, at all. They yeah. are just – they're protecting their future. I think it's what they should do. Yes, it's detrimental this late in the year. And, I, I mean, their chances will slip away, I think, even farther if the Browns beat them this week. Yeah. Um, it's the, you know, I don't want anybody playing with a concussion, but it's specifically detrimental for QB to play with it in their decision-making skills, how they see the field and their throws, you know, being discombobulated and stuff like that. So shout out to the Texans. Texans. Um, I think everybody has learned from the Tua situation last year to be more, uh, and the NFL as well, if they see you, you know, they have a whole team dedicated upstairs if they see any kind of wobbly or any kind of thing that could spell concussion they immediately take you to the medical tent regardless if you think you're fine or not um it happened to defeat devito uh, last week um he said he was just flopping around to try to sell the uh flag but even if you do something like that they'll take you back and check you out so um yeah, I, like like you said, I think this is detrimental for the Texans in the in the sense of playoffs. Because um, if you lose to the Browns, another AFC team, you're only going to go further down. Um, for a lot of a lot of these teams um, that are in the hunt, uh, if you look, they have a somewhat easier schedule than others. So, yeah, Texans, Texans. I think the Bengals will be all right. Like I said, their their schedule is not terrible. Um, and they'll get Jamar Chase back for a crucial game at the last game of the season, which could spell, you know, did the Bengals get in or not? So both both taking good precautionary measures. Uh, I did want to throw in uh, your boy, uh, Aaron Rodgers, said that he is 100% out for the season, and now he's backtracking on all of his talks on being medically cleared or not. And stuff now saying, Oh, I did tear my Achilles. This is bro, you don't want me talking about this. <laughs> this is a lot. It's it's more hard than you guys are are thinking or what the media is saying. I'm like, bro, you put all of this shit out. He is the biggest joke in the NFL for the past five years. He always makes a season without him even playing about himself in one way or another. And I'm actually tired of it. So I can't wait for the day he retires. He cannot help himself. The man stepped on the field for four minutes this year, and somehow it's week 16 and we're still talking about him. I'm fucking over it. Over (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't even been good in two years. So, like, what are we even talking about right now? Uh, They don't want to hear that talk. Last year he was worse than Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, all the videos, all the pictures, all the hype about him doing the throws and whatnot. I'm like, bro, like, we've Sick seen dude. Aaron Rodgers at his peak. Like, Aaron Rodgers can make those throws sitting down. You don't necessarily need your legs to make throws like that if you're Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah, he has talent at the quarterback positions. That I've his, ever seen. Yeah, his arm talent itself is what made him. So... Him just standing stationary with his two feet together can probably throw the ball 70 yards. Like, I'm tired of dealing. I'm just, I'm over it. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> should not be talked about the rest of the year. From this point on, 
through the playoffs until the offseason starts when he can actually practice in full. I'm fucking over it. Shout out Aaron Rodgers. Well, uh, the, the Jets discourses next year are going to get so nasty. Oh, it's going to be bad. The Jets are – you know how I feel about the Jets as an organization. Yeah. They are what people think the Browns are right now. Like, if you were to just flip them – like, how do the Jets get more publicity when they are 10 times worse, 10 times more dysfunctional in every aspect? Like, I just don't get it. But we can have that discussion for another day. We're moving on. So my co-host wanted to work on – or not work on, but talk about – a tweet that went viral from a former Steelers player. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the tweet up in front uh, of me. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so Rashad, Rashad Mendenhall, like he said, former Steeler. He was a Steelers running back, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, arguably the reason that we, that we do not have a seventh Super Bowl because he fumbled in a crucial moment when Clay Matthews tackled him and lost the game for us. He said randomly, just unprovoked, simply tired of being berated by people who aren't experts in the game. We just pretend like I'm the like I'm the only athlete tighter fans talking trash. You upset over this single tweet. What about us? Like me or not, I'm great in football. This proves my point. You can't speak on ball alone. And this was a tweet in talking about his other tweet, which, ah, let me see, which he said, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. <laughs> Please replace the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your GOAT. <laughs> now, isn't Tom Brady the greatest football player that ever lived? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking around. What's, that's, what's that's funny? Jim Brown. <laughs> what's funny about this is, you know, and I know you guys are going to see our faces next season. And for the people that don't know what we look like, because there are people that don't know what we look like. There's fans that listen out there in different states and countries that don't know what we look like. I <laughs> I am a black man, and my co-host, Reed, is a white man. <laughs> so, this and we are on the same page of this tweet. You know, I am not in support of this tweet. This man is a stealer. He is a Super Bowl champion. And I think this man just admitted to the world that he has CTE. Because ain't no way <laughs> a normal person tweets this out. Um, this is this this is this is weird. This is a clamoring for attention. He probably got paid because he has like the Twitter X thing where you get paid for views. He probably got so much money from this. The good thing about this is it it gave everybody a talking piece and a, you know we all connected a little bit cuz no cuz regardless of your race nobody thought this was true like like it was weird and i think now i think there the pro bowl needs to be fixed i think there should not be a pro bowl i think the pro bowl is still stupid in how they do it 
um, an all-white versus all-black Pro Bowl would be fucking hilarious. The racism bowl, they call it. Um, but, like, Reed, Reed you're, you're an average white guy. What, what, do you, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the Rashad Mendenhall tweet? He's adding you. He's talking about you. He is talking about me. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. Even, I'm not offended by the comments. I don't think anyone else really was. Um, I realistically, anybody can have a uh, have a uh, opinion on anything, sport, politics, anything like that. Um, I mean, most of my favorite NFL players are black, so like I don't, <laughs> I don't have one way or another. The funniest part to me about the whole situation is everybody, like, not a single person was offended by it that I could see. Yeah, like on Twitter or by the comments made, everyone just kind of collectively, white, black, they all were joking about it together, which is. <laughs> Yeah, the funniest thing, like everyone kind of rallied around it, like yeah. And it's to just, your point, it makes sense because you said this was just a wild tweet to begin with. Yeah. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's no. It's just like everyone was kind of looking at it in the same lens and was just laughing about it, and that's all you can really do about something like that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely brought on more talking pieces. I mean, Will Compton was was listing down. I was dying. He said, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to play both ways. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> he said, we're going to have to put you next to Harrison Smith. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It would be hilarious. And I'm so glad that this is what happened from this tweet. And it wasn't something, you know, it could have oh, gotten, gotten, gotten nasty. It could have gotten nasty. And it's just funny because there's, you know, it's both. There's good players on both sides. And the only now who who do you, who do you think would win? Who do you think would win in this racism bowl? Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're actually gonna announce a winner here. Well, I think probably probably the African Americans. <laughs> hey, my my thing is there's not enough. I was as, as, you as, know there's not enough DBs that are white that we could play yeah. on eleven versus eleven. Well, Will Compton had a point. He had a few solid points for the whites, but like you said, there's no back end for the whites. Yeah. For us, there's no back end. <laughs> like we got nothing on the outside. We got no corners. If we want to play nickel, we got no slot corner. We're gonna have to just pick every Iowa white guy that we see that played yeah. DB for them and get them as undrafted. Harrison we, Smith's like it. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other know. white safeties. Yeah. Reed Blankenship and whatnot. Yeah, but like for outside, like guarding, like Will Compton said it. We gotta, we gotta drop eight every single down, <laughs> or we're getting fried. <laughs> we do have some good off-ball linebackers that are white. Matt Milano, um, our front four solid. D tackles yeah. solid. Sound, solid. Yeah, sound linebacking core. Harrison Smith, Reed Blankenship, eh, okay, and then our our corners are just cooked. Now, yeah. offensively, I think we're pretty solid. But I don't think it's enough to stop. Like, like think about the defense for the black team. Oh, my God. It, it was so funny when Will Compton, he was like, he's like, 
He's like, we got arguably the best running back in the league with Christian McCaffrey, but that's it. <laughs> like, like, like black people, they got like three, four running backs. Like, yeah, who, was, like Christian's gonna have to play every fucking snap. I was dying when he said, <laughs> I mean, for fullback, you got use check, you got uh, Picard. Uh, yep. Yeah, he's like, we, we're set on fullback versatility. <laughs> he said, O line, we're looking great. Yeah, and then tight ends, he's like, we got every tight end. <laughs> yeah. But other than yeah. that, like you said, yeah, we got – what are the other running backs? We need that Missouri running back, uh, Cody Schrader, to yeah. come to the draft. Uh, all, all of your guys are waiting in the wing. Will Shipley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Cooper no doubt. laughs> it, it was just so fucking funny. And the talk pieces on it were hilarious from all the podcasters and all – you know, all the shows. I thought it was just funny as fuck. I'm just glad that everybody was able to make a joke out of this and fucking laugh it off. Because this was a wild-ass tweet. Unprovoked. Very unprovoked. It unprovoked. came out of nowhere. Must, some fan must have said some <laughs> random shit to him. Well, who the fuck? Why are you talking to Rashad Manhall? <laughs> That's what I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It, when I think of Steelers Super Bowl champions, that man does not come up in my fucking head. I actually forgot about him. And I was like... Oh, who? I will never I forget like, about him. Well, yeah. He yeah, he gave fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, he gave Aaron Rodgers his only ring. Look what you Clay did. Clay Matthews. The funny thing about it is Clay Matthews, who's white, was the reason why we fucking lost. Yeah, I didn't even think about Rashad that. Mendenhall fumbled. That's tough. Which That's I, yeah. tough. This shit was funny as fuck. Shout out Rashad Mendenhall for giving us something to laugh about for like three three days. Um but Yeah, it was good good all around from both crowds. Funny as fuck, and the funny, the funniest part about it is this man is dead serious, and <laughs> we're all just laughing at all. Someone pissed him off. I don't know who it was. I don't, I don't know what happened. Rashad, get get your therapy, get the help you need, buddy, because you know we're praying for you out here. <laughs> Clearly, have CTE. Yeah, it, it ain't. It, it's alarming. It's like AB level right now. So yeah, shout out to Steelers. We're always, you know, we're always making the headlines for some reason. Somehow. The culture is still rough. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, other segment we had is the playoff picks. We're going to list off our seven predictions. 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 We're going to list off our seven for each. Well, let's do, let's go one through seven on both sides. Yep. So, do we want to do? Well, let's go. So, one team in the AFC has clinched the playoffs already, that being the Ravens. Three Mm -hmm. teams in the NFC have clinched. That being the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. We can go. Do you want to just run through the whole AFC, then the whole NFC? Or do you want yeah, to go? Fine. Or do you want to do by seeding? So we do the one seed of the AFC, one seed of the no, AFC. No, let's just do AFC and then NFC. All right. We'll start with the NFC first because it's least, it's less intriguing, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have as the one seed? Your playoff prediction for the one seed. This should be pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, I think we both, both have, have we both have the 49ers. Yeah, we both have the 49ers. They've been by far and away the best team. They don't really have that hard of a schedule left. And even if they do... They smoke the hard teams. Yeah, even if they do, we have full faith that they will finish out the season strong and clinch Mm -hmm. that one seed. All Um, healthy, too. Yeah, and they are rearing up their defense. one, uh, the DB that got hurt that I can't pronounce his name. Other than that, I'm shocked. Usually in the Shanahan... 
team, uh, especially the 49ers recently, there's always been one key injury. Knock on wood. but They got them out early this year. Yeah. So their injury luck has been a little bit better than last year for sure. Um, Let's go down to the two seed. I'm sure we have the same seeding here as well. I have the Cowboys. Ooh. I oh. got the Eagles. Oh, you got the Eagles. Eagles okay. I got the Eagles. The Eagles have a uh, a better end of their schedule. They play the Giants twice. Cowboys still got uh, a, t- a more tough schedule that they could uh, lose one of these games. Yeah, so I agree. Good. I looked at both schedules. Um, I think at this point in the season, I'm just not very confident the Eagles will finish strong, and I do – think they're going to drop one of the games to the Giants. <laughs> I so think, <laughs> this is like, to me, this is the first year, maybe could have been last year as well, where that five spot is low key looking more prime than that two spot. Yeah. Just like last year, we were talking about that. We were like the, the NFC or the fourth seed. Who's been the NFC South champion, excuse me, is has had to play the NFC East second place team now two years in a row and that being a 12 plus win team mm-hmm. <laughs> or a 10 plus win team yeah. so i mean they deserve it <laughs> the fifth the nfc south deserves to get a matchup like that because they shouldn't either be in the playoffs in my opinion but here we are yeah you got to represent everybody man yeah i mean that's like having a buy so basically the both the 49ers and the NFC East second team will have a bye. Mm-hmm. But the big difference is the Eagles not getting that home field advantage if they do get put in that fifth seed. To me, if the Eagles and the Cowboys match up, whoever has the home field advantage will win that game. Mm-hmm. So the two to five seed is that important because yeah. of that scenario. I mean, yeah, obviously teams, I feel like it's more heightened um, this year, but obviously teams do play better at home, but like, a lot of these teams have been just sucking ass away. And it's been so weird. Yeah, it's been a weird year, but entertaining. Uh, For the three seed, okay. Now I'm be realistic here. Now I'm confident we have the same one here. Let's say, let's be realistic here. The Lions. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. three seed here. They secured yep. the three seed because the whole NFC North has fallen apart. Yep. <laughs> Nothing much more to say about that. The Lions really don't play. I think they play the Vikings twice and someone else. But yeah, after right. watching Nick Mullins on Saturday, they ain't, they ain't winning shit. Right, right <laughs> when you needed the Packers the most. They fold. Fold. What's up with them? They win three in a row. They lose three in a row. <laughs> they win three in a row. They lose three in a row. I don't, I don't understand. I'm over them. Um, the four seed, like we said, NFC South champ will most likely get this spot. Who do you have as the NFC South champ? I year. have the Buccaneers. Yeah, I do too. I think they're, I mean, undeniably, I think they're the best team in the NFC South. They've yeah. finally got back to even. They're 7-7, seven and seven, so they've made a little run here late. You lose to the Panthers, you're out for me. Yes. Falcons should not have done that, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah, that loss was detrimental to the team. <laughs> Maybe even morale and Arthur Smith. So yeah. I think that pretty much kicked them out of the playoffs for sure. Um, fifth seed, obviously, you have the Cowboys. This will yep, be Cowboys, and I have the Eagles, just different opinions there. And that depends on how the season plays out. <clears throat> like we said, the fifth seed, because of record, will be 
the NFC East second place team because mm-hmm. they're both over 10 wins. All right, now this is where it gets tricky. Six and seven for the NFC. Who do you have at six? Six, I have Rams. Seven, I have Seahawks. Okay, and we're the same on those two. Now, flip this either way you want. Seahawks, well, they can't. No. Well, yeah, they could. Well, no, they can't no, because the Rams beat them twice. You're right. Yeah. They end up with the same record. The Rams will be ahead. Um, the only way the Seahawks beat them out in record or beat them out in seeding itself is that the Seahawks have a better record than the Rams. But if the Rams drop to a, a record worse than the Seahawks, someone else might slip in there. So, Yep. Love seeing it. NFC, both of my agendas making the playoffs. Um, Reed's, Reed's Ram agenda. Man, they pulled this shit out the fire, didn't they, boy? Told you they had the hardest schedule out of any of our agenda teams. That shit started <laughs> off so ass. Uh, yeah. Seahawks, uh, they're the opposite of the Packers. They're starting to come along now. Um, they did take some horrible losses in the beginning and middle, but I think especially with this win over the Eagles, um, with Gino coming back, hopefully I think they're going to continue to get the dub and secure that seven spot. Yeah, so the Rams actually have an important game because the Saints are sitting at the eighth spot, eighth or ninth or something, but they're just one game out from um, the Rams if they were to win this week because they play mm-hmm. each other, so... The Rams still have a few important games. They need this win this week where it could get where they could be done, honestly. Mm-hmm. So so that is our NFC West playoff or NFC playoff predictions. 49ers one seed. Bo has the Eagles at two. I have the Cowboys at two. Or yeah, the Cowboys mm-hmm. at two. Jesus. We both have the Lions at three. Both have the Buccaneers at four. Um, obviously I have the Eagles at five. He has the Cowboys or yeah, Cowboys at five. God, I'm mixing those up. <laughs> um, and then we both have the Rams and Seahawks to finish out the wild card spots at six and seven. On to the AFC. This is where it gets interesting because I know we're probably differing on a lot here. Um, who do you have for the one seed in the AFC? Uh, I got the Ravens. I also have the Ravens. It's too good to be true for the Browns to get that one seed, <laughs> in my opinion. So it's either the Ravens or Chiefs. They're getting the one seed. Um, they've by far and away played better than any AFC team, just like the 49ers. I think they probably deserve it out of anybody. Um, so the two seed, who do you have at the two seed? Are you going to let your hot take take over for this two seed? Um, I don't know if it's that much of a hot take. I have the Dolphins as the two seed. Okay. Well, then it's a little bit of a hot take, I guess. I have the Chiefs finishing uh, out the season 3-0. I thought you are going to have your Bills. No, no, no. I have the Chiefs finishing out 3-0 as the two seed. And the only reason the Bills – okay, let's just move to the three seed, and I'll explain both. I have the Bills as my three seed. I have the Chiefs as my three seed. All right. This is where it gets tricky. The Chiefs win out, the Dolphins lose out, and the Bills win out. That is how this <laughs> scenario happens. Which and sounds crazy. Yeah. This sounds absolutely insane. But I had the Bills winning the division to start the year. I think they're going to finish strong, 3-0, and and win the division to get to that three seed, ultimately kicking the Dolphins down the list to a wild card team. Nasty work. And the Chiefs, obviously, I don't see them losing to any of the teams they play right now. So they're going to be – the Chiefs inevitably will be one, two, or three, depending on how the season ends up. Uh, who do you have as the three seed? 
I had Chiefs. Okay, so you have the Chiefs. You have those flipped. Um, who do you have winning the AFC South? I have the Jaguars. Okay, uh, I was thinking maybe, maybe the Texans or the Colts might sneak in there if Trevor Lawrence was uh, not healthy or they keep going down this skid well, after the AFC North games. He, he, he's not healthy, but they're yeah. still throwing him out there. Yep, they're still throwing him out there, though. He's never missed a game, so don't expect him to this week. Um, I also have the Jaguars at the four seed. Um, I mean, they're reeling right now. They need to win. They just got their asses beat three weeks in a row by AFC North teams. I mean, I, I get it. And yep. look how injured they are after that. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time, that was the worst skid you could have, playing three AFC North teams in a row. That is just rough for anybody. Yeah, I think uh, I think especially with the recent injuries with um, C.J. Stroud missing another week. And Will Levis, we forgot to talk about that. Will Levis is hurt. Um, his ankle injury. We don't know if he's going to play next week. And if he play, if he does not play, then Ryan Tannehill will come in. And we all know how we feel about Ryan Tannehill. So I think this is going to spell disaster for both of the teams that really had a uh, a good shot at taking this division. But I think with these late injuries to key players, um, they will be missing out. Um. Yes, so fifth seed. Who do you have as the fifth seed? Doesn't It doesn't make me happy saying this. I have the Cleveland Browns as the fifth seed. Okay, I have the Browns, too, as the fifth seed. I think we maintain it. Um, I do think we maintain it and probably win two, two of our last three games, most likely. So I think that will be enough for the fifth seed. The Browns definitely have a chance – uh, with the rest of their schedule, they would definitely have a chance to win out. Um, and I think they're going to secure this fifth spot. Um, who do you have for the sixth seed? This will probably differ the Bills, I'm assuming. Yep, I have the Bills as my sixth seed. Yeah, I have mine flipped. It's crazy that um, the Dolphins would be the third, and then I have the I have the Dolphins as sixth because I have the Bills winning out and the Dolphins losing out. So the Dolphins mm -hmm. would drop even below the Browns mm -hmm. just to end up playing the Bills again. Nasty. In the first round. Um, and then I have the Colts as the seventh seed. Same. Oh, wow. We picked the Colts. I thought one of us would at least pick the Bengals. I was thinking about it. Mm, I just think, I think the Colts have the easier schedule than the Bengals. Um, especially for the Browns to secure that fifth spot, they'd have to beat the Bengals. And I think that will, I think this, uh, I think the 18th week is going to be telling for a lot of the seedings in the AOC. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I have the Colts just because they keep finding ways to win and they don't have a hard schedule the rest of the way. The Bengals, I just couldn't put in because I really don't have a lot of faith they can beat the Browns mm -hmm. in the year. Same. They, I mean, that's pretty much the main reason. But it's kind of funny that the one loss I see for the Browns the rest of the year could be the Bengals. <laughs> so True. I'm kind of kind of back and forth with that one. Um, so for the AFC to round it out, we have Ravens at one. I have the Chiefs at two. Bills at three. Jaguars at four. And then the wildcard teams, the Browns, Dolphins, Colts at five, six, and seven. Uh you round out your seven, so I don't mess it up again. 
Yeah, I have the Ravens one, two is the Dolphins, three the Chiefs, four the Jaguars, fifth spot is Browns, sixth spot is the Bills, and the seventh spot is the Colts. All right, so pretty similar playoff. It just depends on these last three games, which is going to get real juicy because the AFC, there's a lot of teams sitting on that AFC bubble that could still make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Shit, the Browns could drop out of the playoffs. They haven't clinched yet either. So, I mean, it, it could get real crazy. I think this is the most – I think this is the best for both. I mean, realistically, we all, all – we're just – all of our, our seedings are different, but we all have the same teams. Yeah, yeah. And I think this would be the best for to watch ratings-wise, TV-wise, because a lot of these – all of these teams can beat each other. Besides, like, the Niners. Then I think the Niners would smoke. Who knows? Maybe the Niners get out their bye, they're fresh off their bye, and they get they choke up a little bit against whatever they play. Never know. I mean, they did lose to the Browns. God, I'm praying. <laughs> I am praying. All right, let's get on to these picks this week. Yeah. There's a lot of games spread out. There's a lot of games. You got you – got, um, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Got a couple Monday games for Christmas. Three Monday games. Three Monday games. It's going to be interesting. All right. Let's go to the first. Actually, tomorrow, Thursday, the Saints at the Rams. Big playoff implications for this game. And you know I got to pick my agenda. The Rams, baby. I'm also going with your agenda. I think the Rams. uh, I think the Rams just want it more. Than the than the Saints, I can see it in their eyes. Yeah, um, if the Saints continue to walk out with Derek Carr as their quarterback, um, I just think there's going to be, and I mean, Jimmy Winston will throw turnovers too. But statistically, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in the red zone. So, I think the Rams will be able to capitalize off of this. All right, let's go to the back-to-back Saturday matchup for the Bengals-Steelers. They play each other. Cincinnati's two-point favorites on the road. And I've seen this story before. When you're a favorite on the road to the Steelers, you do not win those games. (laughs) This is tough, bro. This is tough. I'm leaning Bengals pretty heavy, but at the same time, I have a gut feeling the Steelers will win this and kind of end the Bengals' playoff chances for absolutely no no reason. (laughs) Just because yeah. the Steelers like to fuck around. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick the Steelers in this one. Um Jamar Chase will not be playing. And and I mean it's not anything. I mean, we still are back end and linebackers are cooked. I think this is gonna be a nasty game, but um don't know if Kenny Pickett is playing right now. It is Mason Rudolph. Um, so regardless of Kenny or Mason Rudolph plays, I think this will be a low scoring game. Both teams are, um, turnover dependent, uh, especially the Bengals in the red zone. So this could be, a Chris, uh, Chris Boswell and Evan McPherson kind of game. There's a whole bunch of kicks. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to pick the Steelers. I thought you, yeah, you thought you were leaning heavy towards the. I was, but it's like, I as a Browns fan have a lot of PTSD for the Steelers, and whenever I feel heavy about 
like feel one way or leaning one way a lot about the Steelers losing a game. They tend to fucking beat that team. So I'm just going to go with my gut and pick the Steelers at home. And if they lose this game, this is like, let me rephrase that. If they lose this game bad, mm-hmm. this is a real tell on what that culture looks like and a peek inside that locker room, in my opinion. It's, it's, uh, it's already bad. Yeah, I mean, if it truly is that bad, then the Bengals should win this fairly easily, right? Yeah. But I just have a feeling the Steelers will probably win this game for Same. no reason. Stay I mean, in the playoff Steelers, race. Steelers could no, – no, we're done with that. Steelers could realistically lose out the rest of their games, but I think we'll win one of the games. Okay. And typically, it's a game against <laughs> – an AFC North rival. Uh, I just, if the Ravens secure that one spot, we could win two out of the three games, but I think we'll win this Bengals one. All right, let's go to the 8 p.m. Peacock game, which no one will be watching. The Bills at the Chargers. Buffalo are 12 point favorites on the road, and I'm going all Bills. On the road is crazy 12-point favorites. Yeah, the Bills, I think the Bills are going to flex their muscles here, put up 30 points. Um, I think their defense is going to get after it. Um, And I think this, like you said, this is going to be a nasty-ass game, which is probably why they put this shit on Peacock, um, because nobody will be watching. Yeah. I'm going to have it all in the background. I know this next game is going to fuck us, whoever we pick. Colts at the Falcons. The Falcons are one-point favorites. The Colts need this game, but so do the Falcons because they're still in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. The Falcons are one-point favorites. I'm picking the Colts. I have them in the playoffs. I, I'm just done with the Falcons. I hope Arthur Smith gets fired, so I'm going to keep picking the Colts. Yeah, I'm picking, I'm picking the Colts too. I don't know if Michael Pittman's going to play. Um, it's trending that he will. Um with the recent switch at quarterback again, I just think this is discombobulating for all the offensive players, and I think the Colts win this. I think it's still going to be a uh, nasty game, but I think the Colts get the dub. But we're we're not really good at picking four against the Falcons. So no, it's been the worst team could, all year. So they could also lose. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Seahawks at the Titans. The Seahawks are two and a half point favorites on the road. Is Will Levis playing? We don't know yet. Okay, then we're just going to have to – I'm going to pick the Seahawks. They need it more than the Titans do right now. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. Um, I think Geno – I'm pretty sure Geno will be coming back. And if Ryan Tannehill's out there, then I think the Seahawks will be able to win by 10-plus. Um, I think the line is going to move if Will is not playing. All right, let's go to the Lions at the Vikings. The Lions are 10-4 and four and still have a shot at a higher seed, so you'd expect them to come out with a little bit of fire. I'm picking the Lions on the road to beat the Vikings. I'm also picking the Lions. Um, the Vikings have showed me that they're not really interested in winning after this fucking debacle that they had with the Bengals. Uh, I, I did see before the Bengals game, like a potential upset, but like I said, my mind got clouded, and I forgot that the Vikings are employing Nick Mullins, so they're getting the L. Man. All right, let's go to the Commanders at the Jets. This is like a, this is a pick'em game, basically. The Jets are three-point favorites. Um, Man, I don't know who's going to start for the Commanders. 
But this is going to be a nasty pick. I'm picking the Commanders. This will be, yeah. to me, this will be the tell if the team is checked out on the year. Yeah, I think for both sides, I don't know. Uh, Zach Wilson did get a wrist injury, so I don't know if he'll be playing. Um, and we don't know about Sam Howe because he was benched. Um, I do think um, Jacoby Brissett, not necessarily is a better uh, quarterback than Sam Howe, but I think he is a safer one. And I'm going to pick the commanders. Okay, we're going the same on that one. Yeah, we haven't decided different ever. Not on this no, one. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know let's, if we will. Yeah, let's go to the Packers at the Panthers. The Packers are five-point favorites. Yeah, this, this, this is a this is a great bounce back game after getting hosed by the Bucks. This is a must win for the Packers. They lose this, and then they're really questioning life. Yeah, can't lose this game. Picking the Packers as well. Uh, let's go to the Browns at the Texans. Obviously, up in the air. CJ Stroud is playing. I'm just gonna roll with the Browns the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm also gonna pick the Browns on this one. Um, you don't know CJ Stroud did not practice again today. So it's probably looking like Case Keenum will play again. It will be hilarious if his revenge game is ending with a dub against the Browns. Um, I do think the Browns could go uh, win the last three of their games. But if they were to lose a game, it'd be a game that you wouldn't expect, just like this Texans game. But I'm going to pick the Browns. All right, let's go to the Jaguars at the Buccaneers. This is actually a pretty big game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, the Jags are reeling. The Bucks offense is solid right now. <sighs> the Jaguars are five and one away. Tampa Bay is a point favorite, so Vegas has lost confidence in the Jaguars. And so have I. I'm picking the Bucks. <laughs> uh, they came in, put 34 <laughs> on the Packers. Um, I do think they're going to solidify their fourth spot in the NFC playoffs. Um, I just see, did I pick? I, I, I still see the Jaguars getting that fourth spot, but I think everybody in the AFC South loses besides the Colts. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bucks also, and this would put the Colts in that fourth seed if they win this mm. game and the Jags lose, Texans lose. Oh man. Now, that is the last team I want the Browns to play in the first round because Steichen was mm -hmm. ripping us apart. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go Buccaneers on this one. Uh, let's go to the Cardinals at the Bears. Cold weather. Chicago's four-and-a-half-point favorites. Damn. No, nah, I'm going Falcons. Or, I mean, Cardinals, not Falcons. Yeah, damn it. We really are going to pick every single team. I'm going Cardinals as well. Um, I just need this for my agenda. I need the, the Bears to continue to lose. So they get rid of Justin Fields. Um, both of these teams, low-key. I mean, it's getting to the point where the records are getting close. And, you know, you win, you win, you go down picks. If the Bears would have beat the Browns, their fourth pick would have turned into the 12th pick. That's yeah. how close these records are on these bad teams. So at least the, the Cardinals have a quarterback. Um, I, know, I think they want to get Marvin, but at least they have a quarterback, and I think that they will win this game. All right, let's go to the Cowboys at the Dolphins. I am 
Not a fan of how the Cowboys play on the road, but I'm picking them because the Dolphins have showed me they can't be anybody above 500. This is the first one that I'm playing for. <sighs> this is hard. You said you're picking the Cowboys? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I have okay. the Dolphins going uh, for the second spot in the AFC. Uh, just, watch, it. just watch the Bills put 30 on them. Uh, I don't know if Tyreek is playing. He did not practice this week, but a lot of the wide receivers, when they're hurt, they usually don't practice whole weekend and they're playing the game. Uh, it's good that this is a later game, and it's at the Dolphins, so they don't have to travel early to get to the Cowboys Stadium. And I got the Dolphins winning this one. All right, let's go to the Patriots at the Broncos on NFL Network at 8.15 p.m. Denver is six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm picking the Patriots. That's nasty. I'm, I'm picking the Patriots. Pick, I think this is the skid where the Broncos don't make the playoffs. I'm going to pick the Broncos. Uh, I also think they're just going to get left out of the playoffs sitting at that eight spot. Um, but the Patriots are ass cheeks. And I, I think that they want to secure their spot. Uh, there are It's it's different. They are. They are. It's beneficial. We forgot to say that in the headlines. Headline, mini headline. No, we did. We did say that last week. Did we say that last week that Billy's leaving? Uh yeah. Okay, never mind. Billy's leaving, so what more than to bring a new coach is to bring the coach's new quarterback. I think they're gonna get secured for that Drake May spot and they're going to lose this game in quotations. So I'm picking the Broncos. All right, let's go to the three Monday games. The first one at one PM, the Raiders at the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs, even though these, I need the Raiders to win. These <laughs> first two games. It's it's going to get nasty. Uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders are coming off of that 63-point win, so they might get hyped. Um, and like unlike when the Chiefs play the Broncos, the Chiefs just fucking smoke the Broncos usually. Uh, the Raiders always get that, like, one game. They always sneak that game every year. Yeah, it might be um, close. So I think it'll be close. Um, the Chiefs are not having the best of seasons in the locker room, outside the locker room, media-wise, play-wise. It's been nasty. And the Raiders have, themselves have been up and down, um, coming off from not scoring a point, just scoring 63 points. It's a little bit too inconsistent for me. Yeah. I think the Chiefs get the dub. All right, let's go to the 430 game. The Giants at the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles. They're at home. They yeah. can't drop this game. Three game skid, embarrassed at it. Two out of the three games. There's no way. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles as well. Uh, they get to rest till Monday, and they're playing the Giants. Um, the Giants are a fun story, funny story. But even Tommy DeVito's getting sick of all the Italian stuff and all the whatnot. Um, they were try They were going to interview him on his top five Soprano moments, and he was like, "Bro, can y'all chill?" So Dude. <laughs> I, I think the Giants are a joke of the organization, and I think the Eagles need this dub to stay in the two spot. All right, let's go to the game of the year, perhaps. Maybe the mm -hmm. Super Bowl preview. The Ravens at the 49ers, both 11-3, and three, both 6-1 and one and 5-1 and one away. These two teams are just very fucking good. 
And San Francisco is almost six-point favorites at home in this game. Yeah. This could, I need it. 49ers, baby. This could lead up to uh, the best game of the season, like you said. Um, Watch me, it be a snooze fest. I know. To me, uh, right now, it's the Seahawks and Cowboys. That game was fucking phenomenal. Um, but this this could top it. Keaton Mitchell, ACL, uh, out for the rest of the year. Um, that is detrimental to the Ravens in their run game because he was their speed guy. Uh, Gus Edwards just can't hit that top-notch speed like Keaton Mitchell. Um, so that's a key point in the Ravens' uh, offense and how they run. Um, the 49ers, to me, they just look like the Super Bowl winning team. Um, and I think this is the third time in a row, not in a row, but third time that they smack a top team. I think they beat the Ravens by I'd take I'd take 49ers minus eight and a half. Wow. I think the nine there's just nothing. There's no holes in the Niners game. There has to be an injury for them to lose. And it's going to be nasty because Brock Purdy is going to win the MVP. Nasty work. Good lineup of games this week. Yeah, hopefully this last Monday game is fucking lit. <clears throat> but that was our NFL picks. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Quick shout out. Uh, we will be posting, um, depending on, we're either going to do it this week or next week. Um, so watch out for that post. We did, I'm not going to tell you guys who, we did secure sponsorship. We've been in meetings. Uh, we've been talking with these uh, two amazing guys, and we've secured a sponsorship. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's only our second uh, season of doing this. and the growth in downloads and listens and securing a sponsorship going to do it without you guys. Thanks everybody that listens and rates us five stars and likes the podcast and messages us and interacts with us on Twitter. So look out for that sponsorship tweet. Um, we will be working with these people, hopefully for the foreseeable future and going into season three, uh, when we are on camera and we'll probably have, a segment with these guys but yeah secure sponsorship couldn't do without you guys so thanks everybody uh, for giving us the support to be able to secure this um but yeah it was episode 16 uh the slated games hopefully they're better than the snooze fest that was last week so we have more noteworthy games to talk about but this will be out i didn't say this in the beginning this will be out on apple podcast and spotify podcast as always uh, make sure you guys listen, like, rate us five stars, do all that good stuff as we near the end of the season and we go into playoffs. Um, and then the season will be done. We're already on week 16. Um, yep, it's yep. felt fast and slow at the same time. Um, obviously, my co-host, my co-host is more excited about the season than I am because my team fucking sucks. But thanks again, guys, for listening. And we are out. Peace.